Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. This morning, I feel very stirred in my spirit to preach on refocus and rearm. I believe that Christians must daily try to stay focused. There's a lot that will distract you. And if you're not careful, you'll, you'll miss out on what is very important. Those who stay focused often find the blessings of the Lord flowing in their direction. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now, if your desires and your passion and your emphasis is on fleshly things, you will reap fleshly things. That doesn't mean that you always have to go around, hello brother, hello sister, glory to God, hallelujah, I'm a Christian. I'm talking about when you wake up in the morning. Here I am reporting for duty. I'm going to tell you before I get out of bed, I try to say, Lord, I'm available. Now, when I say I'm available, whatever you want is your wish is my command. I, I just want him to know that I'm available. And so we must stay focused. Heavenly Father, anoint us, please, to hear, to preach, to receive. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I... Uh, <clears throat> I want you to pay close attention to the first part of all of the message, actually, but the first part of this, as we um, try to establish a thought here, we're living in a world of distractions. The simple life is gone. Sitting on the front porch, sipping iced tea is a distant memory. Everything is a rush. Hurry here, hurry there. We have so many modern uh, uh, conveniences that were intended to give us more time, yet still we seem to be more stressed and constantly looking for ways to find more time and to relax. Now, I found out this week, probably as clearly as I've ever seen, that people will do what they want to do. If people want to come to church, they will come to church. If people want to lay out, they'll lay out. We had our fall festival. It was raining. It was we thought about canceling. We said, no, we'll just scale it back, bring it inside. And I just want to be honest with you. I thought really, realistically, with the weather, 
I thought that we might would have a hundred people show up. This may have been the largest one we've ever had in the history of the church. I was out in the golf cart because it was raining. It was raining, but not very, very heavy. And I was just trying to help people get underneath the awning. And then it started a deluge. I mean, the wind's blowing. I, I, I'm getting soaked. And I thought this is fruitless here. I'm not helping anyone not to get wet. The, it's, you can't get away from it. Yet still, I saw mamas and daddies walking their babies through that rain and making it in. I saw people standing in line, probably 200 people out the door, standing in line for a long time. What I am saying all that is, praise God, we had a huge crowd, but people will do what they want to do. The next time the devil tells you to turn the alarm clock off and not come to church, you just remember you do what you want to do. Come on. Amen. Now, we're living in a different day. We're, we're living in a different day. So I want to visit with you for just a moment. We're constantly trying to get more time, more money, make things work. Life has changed, would you agree? In 1960, um, a dollar, a one dollar bill was equivalent to $8.11 today. Okay, so with one dollar back then, you'd have $8.11. A car, I mean, the average car there was $2,720 for the average car. There's people that would be buying a lot of cars today if, if you could get it for that. Gas was 31 cents a gallon. I used to work at a gas station and, and it went up over a dollar. And there was a man, he, he drove a Peugeot, which was a French car. And he came in and he said, if it goes up one more penny, I'm going to park it. And the doctor, I mean, uh, the owner's son said, Oh, no, you won't. He said, if it goes up another dollar, you'll be right in line. He said, no, I won't. The owner's son said, look out there. How many people you see walking? <laughs> Here we are celebrating that gas prices are as cheap as they are now. Things have changed. Well, the average family income in the 60s was $5,580 a year. That's the average family income. That's if two were working. 
Teachers, back in 1960, they made $4,995 a year. And rent, rent in America was $100 average or less. Now, you can look and you can say, uh, wow, for the good old days. I, I want us to talk about today. Let, let's talk about some conveniences that are designed to make us have more time. The microwave oven. The microwave oven was invented by a dropout from grammar school who happened to be an engineering genius and he was working with, um, uh, with a magnetron, whatever that is, and while he was working with that, uh, he, uh, the candy bar in his pocket melted and he realized he was on to something and he harnessed that energy and it became the microwave oven and now we have all kind of extra time because of the microwave oven. Not. Well, well, let's, let's look. Now we have cell phones. Do you, do you remember? A lot of you won't ever remember this, but the older crowd here will remember where you look for a phone booth. You might have to drive for miles to try to find a phone booth. And then if someone was on it, you had to wait until they got through. And if you didn't have money to put in it, it didn't matter if you found a phone booth. Now we have children walking around with cell phones. The computer in 1977, the home computer, became affordable. And in 1956, there was something really, I mean, one of the most important devices for a man. The remote control. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Now we don't have to get up out the chair. We have saved time, Brother Phil. Come on now. We can, my wife says, I hate watching TV with you because I don't do commercials. I just flip around. <laughs> my wife enjoys commercials. Things that did not exist in the 1950s. Selfies. <laughs> texting. GPS. Smartphones. Certain vaccines. Wireless home phones. Y'all still remember? You were something if you had a long cord. <laughs> you young people need to ask your mom and dad about that. <laughs> if you wanted privacy, you had to put the cord under the door, shut the door, and talk to your girlfriend where your mom and dad couldn't hear you. And if you didn't have a long cord, you had to stand in the kitchen and hope that mama wasn't paying attention. Come on. Electric typewriters didn't exist in the 1950s. Digital cameras, color TVs, the internet, credit cards, plastic 
shopping bags, uh, wireless keyless ignition. Woo, boy, that, that saves us some time right there. And styrofoam cups. You might say, well, big deal about styrofoam. That's a big deal. Think about this. So now, in our day, trying to save time, trying to re-energize, trying to get ourselves to feel good, we can zap our food, we can use a frozen dinner, put it in the microwave, zap our food, put it in a styrofoam plate so there's no washing of dishes and we can sit down, turn on the TV with a remote. We can turn the lights on or off with a clap. Come on. <laughs> we can watch or keep up with the world through the internet, see who is at the front door on our phone that is attached to the door camera we can remote control the temperature if it's too hot or too cold. We don't have to get up now to even adjust it. The next morning, we can come out, zap coffee through our coffee maker. We can remotely turn on the car and have it cooled down or heated up, whatever the case may be. And then we arrive to work and allow our car to automatically parallel park for us. And then we arrive to work worn out. <laughs> Is that true or not? That's where we are. That's where we are, America. That's where we are, church. We think that the modern conveniences are the answer, and they aren't. Because we find ourselves out of focus doing things that do not really matter. Now, I'm not against that. See, I, I went to a Carolina football game last night and it really doesn't matter. We're still only four and five. Julia asked me if I was going. I said, yeah, I guess I'm going to abuse myself again. <laughs> we get caught up doing things, but if our focus is doing insignificant things more than significant things, we're out of whack. We, we get out of focus. Now, the number eight in Hebrew is the number of new beginnings, the start of a new era. And, and in the Bible, there are things, uh, words that describe uh, or denote a new beginning, such as resurrection and reconciliation and regeneration and refreshment and redemption. All of those indicate that there is a new beginning starting over. I, I, if I had a lot of time, I, I would say it would be a good thing for husbands and wives to start over. There's nothing wrong with having a renewal in your marriage, a renewal in your love, a renewal in your actions. Come on now. 
In, in Psalms chapter 6 and verse 7, look at what the psalmist said here. Mine eyes are consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. It sounds like this guy needs a makeover. Right? I'm consumed. I am overwhelmed with my grief is what he was saying. We get caught up. We get locked in to everything that is going wrong. Not everything that is going right. Um, every year, if a hunter is a good hunter, he is going to recite his weapon. He is going to make sure that the crosshairs are accurate. Uh, Brother Phil, for his birthday, just got a new rifle. But before you took that rifle out yesterday to hunt, I'm sure you made sure that it was sighted properly. And, and when you put your gun away the next year, you might better make sure it's recited and refocused, or either you may have the chance of the trophy buck, but because you didn't take time to refocus and get things lined up, you may miss it and never get that champion trophy. I'm here today to tell that it's easy in life to get out of focus. It's easy for us to not look at what is really important. It's real easy for us to get to a place where we don't keep our eyes on Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, listen to what the scripture says. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the uh, throne of God. So our job is to look unto Jesus. Now we've got so many things now that will take our sight away from us. See, if we're not careful, we will get caught up into what's happened on the political front. Now, I'll just tell you how I am. I got so absolutely disgusted with all the lies and the maneuvering and the, the ridiculous statements that were being made on television and the news and on these speeches on the political front. I quit looking at it. Because I would find I got consumed in all that was wrong with America. I got consumed with it to the point that it messed up my day. I would find myself dragging around because I was focused on the junk. I was trying to figure out what is true. And you might say, well, preacher, you have to have some knowledge of it. Yes, and I tried to surf through and, and try to get the truth, but I do not get focused in on that like I did because I don't want that to be my focus. It's a drainer. I have to be careful of the st statistics that I read because if you read, it's according to what you're reading, you can bum yourself out. Come on. 
you can get to a point where, where everything and everybody is bad and you lose focus of where you're at. See, we have to start looking through spiritual corrective lenses. Now, when I was young, I didn't want to wear glasses, okay? And so I was in the eye doctor's office, and, and maybe some of you have tried this trick. But I sat there trying to memorize the chart while he was out. <laughs> yeah, the way you're laughing, some of you have done it. Yeah. But something happened. That cat put drops in my eyes. I was like Mr. Magoo, and for the young people here, Mr. Magoo couldn't see. He wore glasses, and he walked around with his eyes squinted, and, and, and then it was on. I had to really try to read. I'm afraid that we have gotten to a point that the devil has dropped things into our mind and dropped things into our spirit and dropped things. My Lord, I feel God in this place has dropped things into our, our spirit so much that, that now we, we don't even know where the cross is. We, we, we're so concerned about Democrat, Republican, we're, we're so concerned about building a wall or not building a wall. We're so concerned about uh, what we're doing in a foreign country. And, and all of that is important. But I must tell you that Jesus Christ and him crucified is what we have to stay focused on. Otherwise, it will drive us crazy. Come on. See, Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, uh, Paul was talking and, and he said, Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you, you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Basically, he was saying, You crazy. Galatians, who's bewitched you? You got to get your eyes back on the cross. You got to get your eyes back on Jesus. Get your eyes on something that really does matter. We must refocus. We must refocus. Worry, or move from worry to worship. Move from the past to the present. I, I've got to dwell there just a minute. I, I believe one of the most crippling things that is happening in our world today and why people are committing suicide, why people are having mental issues that are uh, destroying them is because they are living in the past. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. What you messed up on, how you failed, how you didn't do it right, how you were goofed up before, that's in your past. Don't let anyone bring you down. Don't let anyone look down on you. You get refocused and I'm not what I used to be. I'm not what I want to be, but praise be to God. I'm not what I used to be. I am moving forward. I am moving forward. Amen. We need to move from fear to faith. We need to get 
our attention off the problem and refocus on the promises of God. Either we believe God or we don't. Man, someone received this. While we're all together, we shout the high, oh, Jesus can do it all. Jesus can do anything I want. Oh, Jesus, if I just can reach out and touch him as he passes by, he will meet my need. But we get by ourselves and then we fail to stay focused. Come on. And when we fail to stay focused, we start regressing, looking back. Boy, I failed that year, that year, that year, that year. I'm just a failure. No, no, you were a failure. You were messed up. You were a sinner. You were lost. You were undone. But now you've got your hand. I can't even walk without him holding my hand. I've got hold of the master. I've got hold of the one who knows which way to turn. I've got hold of the one that can, if I can stay focused on him, I can move from negative to positive. I can move from the temporal to the eternal. The cross must come back into focus for Christians in our day and age. Giving should become a clear vision rather than getting. I, I, I've got to stop there for just a moment. We, we are living in a world that, boy, it is all about what's in it for me. Come on. Please, please don't allow that to be your focus. Give. Give to others. Give. Give a smile. You might say, I don't have any money. You can give a kind word. I, I, I'm broke, preacher. I don't have anything to give. You can say, man, Brother Cecil, you look sharp today. I really appreciate you. And you just gave him a pick-me-up. You just gave him a boost. We, we're all the time looking at what's wrong. And, and see, I could come over here and say, well, Brother, brother uh, Cecil, I, I don't know that that tie is what I'd pick out if I was putting it with that suit. We, we can be negative or either we can say, I'm going to give positives. I'm gonna give to those who are in need. Listen, Simon Peter, you've heard the story possibly, hopefully all have, where he was walking on water. What made him go down? Is he lost focus. He, he got his eyes on the storm instead of on Jesus. If he had just kept his eyes on Jesus, he would have had, I wonder how far they would have walked. Tell me how cool that would have been if he had said, hey, I like this. This is cool because Jesus was walking by. I don't know where Jesus was headed, but I'm just telling you, it could have been a long, nice walk with the master, but he got his eyes on the storm. The woman with the issue of blood, think about her. She got focused. If I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. She had to fight through, she had to work through the crowd, but she was focused. Why some people never receive what they need from God is they never get focused. They're focused during church. Okay, now it's gonna, y'all probably not gonna love me after this one, but go ahead and fasten your seatbelts. I didn't, I didn't make this one up. This is coming from the Lord, okay? 
Amen. Hear what I'm getting ready to tell you. What, what happens is, is we get in church, and, and it's kind of like this. Okay, church starts at 1045. I'm going to bless you, God. I'm, I'm giving you an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes, hour and 30 minutes of my day. Pour it on. And if, if the voices of praise and Julia and the band don't sing like you, what you want, that's strike one, God. If the preacher preaches too long, that's strike two. Mm, I'm feeling a little tug in my heart. I probably do need to go to the altar, but the buffet line starts in just a little bit. That's strike three. God, I gave you all the time I'm going to give you. We, we're not focused. We're, we're focused on ourselves. We're fo focused on our belly. We're focused on our wants. We're focused on what makes me feel good. Instead of here I am, whatever you want to do with me, however long it takes, I'm going to get focused in because I'm going to be fighting the devil all week and I need the power of God. I can't do it on my own. I can't fight him within myself. I've got to have a recharge. I've got to get refocused because there's been distractions everywhere I've turned. My goodness. We're distracted. We're distracted. Look here. If you don't believe it, You, you let them tell us that there is a bad storm coming our way. And, and I, I hope that we'll always pay attention to the weather. But the last bad hurricane. When I started hearing about it, I got a little unnerved. Because I was like, man, that thing sounds bad. Okay. It hadn't even reached the Bahamas yet. I was stressing out when it had not even gotten to the Bahamas. But that didn't matter. You go by Walmart and the water was gone. Batteries, gone. Camping equipment, gone. Preacher, come on. No, you go look for yourself. Because we got consumed with the bad news weeks before it got here. Thank God when it got here, it was just a win. But the bottom line is, it disrupted about two weeks of our lives because we got focused on the storm instead on what was important. How I wish I could get that kind of result as I preach that we would get focused 
And I must go ahead and tell you that there is a storm coming. There is a bad day coming. If you're not right with God, there's a place called hell and I don't want you to go there. If, if you're not living right, you're gonna miss the rapture and you'll go through the tribulation. I don't want you to go through that. I want you to make it to heaven and here's the deal. We must refocus. So not only refocus, we must recharge. And this part is short, so y'all don't get nervous. This phone right here, it can do all kinds of stuff. It's a smartphone. I've had senior adults that I have encouraged to buy a smartphone. And they said, I don't know how to operate it. And I have told them, watch this. And I push a button and I talk to it. And it will give me the answer. You have to know how to push a button and talk. It's smart enough to talk back to you. It has, it, it, it really does save time if you use it right. Let me just take one step back and say, if you use it right, if you use it right, if you use it right, someone undoubtedly isn't catching this because there's some people that this is all that they are on. That's another sermon. <laughs> the point I wanted to make about my phone is my phone is smart as long as the battery is recharged. <laughs> when the battery isn't recharged, it's dumb as a rock. Come on, help me. Now I'm gonna go ahead and just turn this off where none of you will be calling me while I'm preaching. So my phone now does not have power to it. I'm gonna press the same button. What is the temperature outside? Who is the president of the United States? As dumb as a rock. Doesn't have power going to it. The connection inside of it has been separated. So now all of its potential, all of its ability is worthless. This is useless without being recharged do you already know where I'm going with this the devil has been walking while I've been preaching he's trying to tell some of you you don't need to listen to what that preacher is preaching you're doing okay you're making it you're, it might not be as good as you'd like it, but you're making it. You're just getting by. And all the time, what the devil is trying to do is he's trying to slowly take your, your charge. 
Slowly take your victory. Slowly take your joy away from you. Slowly take your smile away from you. Slowly take away your energy. And after a while, you'll be worthless in the kingdom of God. When you get to that worthless, that's when the devil says, your better days are gone. You used to have all that intelligence. You used to have all that ability. You're a has-been now. You're not, no one cares for you. In fact, your owner doesn't even love you anymore. He don't carry you around. He don't pick you up. He doesn't talk to you anymore because you're no good. You're worthless. You lost your charge. And the devil wants to make some people believe that that's why, that's why they'll put a gun to their head. That's why they'll, they'll take medicine and, and try to kill themselves because the devil has made you lose your charge. You lost your focus. And now it's time for you to say, oh no, oh no. I'm gonna get my battery charged up again. I'm gonna get myself back in position for God to use me because I was fearfully and wonderfully made by the master. I was fearfully and wonderfully made by the God of all creation. I am what he says I am. Someone give God praise. Oh God. Stand with me please, stand with me. God, the psalmist David went through it. Wilt thou not revive us? Will you not recharge us again that your people may rejoice in you? How we come out here, Julia, come out here. Just stand right over there. I should know this, but y'all are going to have to help me this morning. How long have you been married? Ten years. Ten years. In ten years, there's been some times that the charge in the marriage has been better than others. Is that correct? Bottom line is, sometimes, Jackie and I, or Sister Regina and Brother Howard, we'll get a phone call. Can y'all keep the kids? <laughs> Howie has planned a weekend getaway so that they can recharge. Now, He's got his arm around her now. He's not ashamed to do that. But 
when he's trying to recharge their battery. As much as they love Sims and Anna Jane, they don't want Sims and Anna Jane going, what y'all doing, mama? What y'all doing, daddy? Uh-huh, right? They need their battery recharged. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. I'm here today to tell you, God wants to put his arm around you. God wants to pull you in close. But he doesn't want you to have the TV on. The internet on. The cell phone. He doesn't want, he, he wants you. Where he can pull you in. Whisper sweet words of love and peace and care into your ears. God is pulling people right now to him. You feel it. That's not the preacher. That's God sending his Holy Spirit out there saying, what the preacher is saying is right. I want you. I yearn for you. I want to give you something that'll help you make it through the week. I want to give you that fire that you once had. I want to give you that joy. I want to see a smile on your face again. I want to recharge you. And if that's the case, thank you all. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things that are of the Spirit. Okay, this is it in closing. Then we're going to give you an altar opportunity. I want my altar team to come while I'm speaking. I am convinced that many of the problems that we go through, not all, but I am convinced that many of the problems that we go through have a spiritual origin. Did you hear that? It has a spiritual origin. And here's what I mean by that. I, I can't tell you how many couples that I have talked to. They're getting ready to go to the divorce court. And I would ask this question. Husband, when's the last time you pulled your wife in close and prayed for her? And here's normally the reaction. Wife, when's the last time you looked your husband in the eye and said, I want to pray over you. I want to pray blessings over the man I love. Most of the time the reaction is. I have seen people who were suicidal and I would talk to them. When's the last time you've read God's word? 
Oh, I don't ever read it. When's the last time you prayed? The blessing. And what's happened is just little by little, little by little, little by little, you lost your charge. God, you might not be able to see it, but all across this altar, spiritually, there are recharging stations coming down from the throne room of God. All you have to do is plug in. Okay, after you plug in, after you get recharged, that woman that you just had a fight with, you'll start looking at her and go, great girl, you look fine. The kids that were getting on your nerves and you felt like pulling your hair out, come here, baby. Mama loves you. It's amazing what happens when we get recharged. I feel God in this place right now. Now there's some of you that your pride, you'd rather be dumb as a rock dead than recharged. I can't let anyone know that I have a weakness. You have them, whether people tell you or not. You have them. Come on. I got a bald spot back there. The front looks all Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.